Hello and welcome to the last episode of A Map to You Life Stories from the Living podcast, Remembering and Moving On. I'm your host, Artistic Director of the Dot Collective, Laura Harling. This episode is all about remembering and then moving on, remembering the stories that were told, the people that we've met and where we're off to next with this podcast. So in the last couple of weeks, we went back to our social groups, Linkage Southwark, and we shared the stories that we've been sharing with you on this podcast that's inspired by them with them. So it was the first time that the participants who inspired the stories heard the stories, and thankfully, they loved them. Yes, we read them to them as they sat and listened and had a cup of tea, and I'm not sure if it was the stories or how they reminisced with the stories or whether they just were really enjoying sitting back and watching us do all the work and um, not having to tell us anything and just enjoy the theatre of it all. So all in all, it was a very positive experience and we can't forget the benefits of the theatre that we provide within these groups and care environments because it is the activity where you can sit back, relax, be socially stimulated, engage, but not have any pressure of having to do anything and everyone can equally engage at the same time. So that's kind of what happened when they listened to the stories. But they were engaged so much because they were their stories. So this week we are going to reflect on what's happened and listen back to some of our favourite moments. We're now in Suffolk working with the Seagull Theatres community, running more storytelling workshops and getting to know some absolute legends. It's a bit different from London. The stories here are away from the busy city and they're more about the sea, having lived in this area their whole lives. There are stories of working on oil rigs. There's stories of surviving a helicopter crash, which when I heard that, it just sounded like an action film. And I can't believe this man actually survived it. There's stories of blind dates, how people met. There's a lot of love stories. There's a lot of beautiful partnerships between people. There's stories of singing at the sea shanty group. And then talking of sea, lots of people were fishermen, sleeping in air raid shelters during the war, cycles across the marshes and lifelong friendship. So we've already uncovered a lot of themes there and we have so much food for thought. The one thing that has stayed the same between the work we've been doing in London and the work in Suffolk is this sense of community and the support they all have for each other. There's a mutual respect, there's companionship and they are really there for each other and listen to each other and this overriding ultimate determination to enjoy life no matter what happens even in the face of disaster and pain and all the challenges that life throws at us especially when growing older being around all of these groups really does lift you if you're having a less than okay day <laughs> but this final episode we're going to look back at some of the favorite moments of the podcast We'd also like to get your feedback on what your favourite stories, discussions and moments were because later in the year we'll be staging some of these stories so keep your eyes, ears, minds peeled and help us choose which stories to include in the staging. This isn't just a plug to make you re-listen to the entire podcast but I'm sure there are stories that really stuck with you. Please do get in contact, your feedback is really valuable and you can contact us via the Dot Collective website. There's a contact form there at www.thedotcollective.com or you can direct message us on social media. On Instagram and Facebook, we're at The Dot Collective and on Twitter, we're Dot Collective. Couldn't fit in the the. All this info is also in the show notes. Now, let's have a listen to some of our favourite moments and stories. It's been a tough one because, of course, we loved it all. But here are some clips. I said a hip 
Hop, the hippie, the hippie to the hip, hip hopper, you don't stop. Careful not to kick each other. We're like ponies. I know what you mean. To the bang, bang, boogie, say up, jump, up, the boogie. Down, out, the boogie, the side, and back, the boots. Say up, jump, the boogie. Now what you hear is not a test, I'm a rapid to the beat. Up, out, to the side, we're going to try to move your feet. This feels like a very traditional dot piece. Does it? What an do you mean by an that? ensemble piece with a lot of humour and a lot of heart. That's uh. what, how I feel about it. But my heart is not made of wood, and my emotions live in a place where they don't fall out so much. So if I don't remember you, the book may have fallen out of my wooden bookcase, but I don't have a wooden heart. Now there, in that place, there's one boat. It's a quiet place and nothing much to do. It's so blue quite beautiful really nice sounds birds the waves probably a bit stormy over there though at times trees everywhere lovely green completely different from all the high buildings and the very busy people trying to do something very nice quiet and green with the blue calm sea no it does frighten me, all the people, the noise and all the high things. But no, I'd be here. At certain times I like the quiet and a little boat to float in the blue. But the noise is good company. And I can jump off in a parachute with you. I wonder if I'll be able to grab another handful of those raspberries without anyone seeing. I know I've had plenty, but just look at them. I think I'll go for it. She's holding my hand, though, which makes it difficult. Lovely, of course, but difficult to grab more raspberries. Oh, hold on. She's talking about me, I think. The first date we went on, we met, typically, at Covent Garden Tube Station, where lots of people used to meet. And then we went out and had a little meal, and then we walked over the bridge to the National Theatre. And I was telling him about the architecture of the National Theatre and why, how it was designed, because I knew... I. I knew the architect's son, so I had a bit of a heads up. And eventually, he turned round to me and he said, Do you know, you sound much more intelligent than you look. Vicky's here with me now in our, I was going to say studio, but it's more of a, a bunker. <laughs> <laughs> um, Vicky's here, as you can hear. Uh, Hello. <laughs> Vicky, how would you describe the Linkage Southwark group? The, they are so fun. It's just I've like I've been there a few times and every time there's just like japes, laughs. There's just so much love in the room. They're just clearly great friends. Everyone's always happy and I feel like I always leave like a level of happiness higher than wherever I went in. What were you doing in 1993? Not sure? Then why not join us and reminisce over a cup of tea? Come celebrate our 30th birthday. We promise not to lead you astray. If a cake and a dance isn't enough, we'll definitely have some drinks. You're never too old to make new links with Link Age Southwark. We're back at Link Age Southwark and I ask how Margaret's doing. My friends from Australia are coming over and we're going down to Cornwall for a holiday and I already know what she's about to say. It's going to be absolutely amazing. I can count the amount of times Margaret and I have met on both hands, but every time we see each other, even the very first time we met, it's like we've known each other forever. 
It's a unique and extremely special friendship that I treasure and I am very proud to be Other Margaret. I just, I really, I I guess the honest answer is I, I wrote it thinking, like, what would I like Margaret to know? Whenever we see each other, we sort of, we chat, we have a lot of fun, but I thought it just would be, it would be really lovely for other people to understand like what friendships can come from the work that you do, that we do. But the main point is I was thinking, what would I love for Margaret to know? And it's sort of an ode to Margaret, I guess. So, yeah, Margaret, that's for you. Well, this is... All this, it's... Um, isn't it? Oh, I tell you. What's your name? Matt. I tell you, Matt, it, it's this thing, this dementia... I know what I'm trying to say, but I can't sometimes. I I can't say it. I can't get there, you know? Well, I know what you were saying, definitely. You were saying this is nice. Yeah, nice. That's right. Different, maybe. Yeah, nice. Nice and different, exactly. And I'm having a thoroughly lovely time. (laughs) There you go. I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, yeah. And if that wasn't enough... I think we are doing line dancing in a bit. What treasures are you hiding in your crannies and nooks? A lifetime's work, possessions, memories and photo books. In every room, a story waiting to be told. Total order, everything in place. Their histories unfold. I should think I can do many things. I could have a lot of money, grow grapes for wine, play the guitar, travel across the world in a rowboat. I could be a country and western queen, a singer, a hat maker, a party host, somebody who's very good at making toast. I'm an academy head, a baker, or someone who likes eating a lot of bread. I could be a backing dancer, a hiker of mountains, someone who wears a lot of colours, pom-pom Polly with an itch. I'm a pop artist, Lady Cool. Very good at sitting back, relaxing with the right attitude and being very cool. My favourite colour is orange. I'm the model for Orangina, or a cute little brunette. A peasant lady, or a pheasant lady. A poacher, a cowgirl, or a trendy person who wears trousers that sit above their ankles in London fields. Really, I can be anything I want to be. And there are many things that I will be. Perhaps a tea maker named Charlie from Yorkshire. But today I'll just be me in a fun situation. Who I am today. Who's that? I just told you. Now, sing me the Winkle song. I can play you the whole of Linkage Southwark singing the Winkle song. Would you like to hear that? I would love to hear that, Laurie. Yes, please. All the family they know how to have a good time don't they laura it was amazing everybody was singing the winkle song the words i see before me are what i need to be free free to think free to be at peace and remember to you can't do that huh for real look it's ah Ah, i see can't mess up the spelling of another word Mm -hmm. 
He goes right back to his word search. Guess I'll take my turn. Laughter, smiles and banter echoes all around us, yet the fellow never raised his head, clearly focused. Skip the small talk and slap some scrabble then. <laughs> Suits me just fine. But I won't, because I feel good. And happy. And relaxed. Otherwise I wouldn't turn out today. And all the other days. I think you're lovely. I really, really feel very... Just you. Us. It is just absolutely fantastic. I think it's just the best. The nicest time I could have. Thank you for turning up too. I'm Timmy. T-I-M-M-I-E. It's a funny story. They thought I was a boy at first. But the name sort of stuck, you know? Do excuse me being a bit slow. I've had rather a long sleep. I don't like the cold, so I tend to stay inside pretty much all of the winter. I prefer it when it's nice and sunny. I'm cold-blooded. When everyone else was shutting themselves inside in that heat wave last summer, I was out in my garden. Racing around, actually. They say the likes of me don't move that fast, but we'll surprise you. It's funny, the nature of doing this, where we're trying to take stories from these people's lives, some that are amusing or emotional or whatever, but to, to have someone that has been a, a taxi driver for 50 years seems to just be so tailor-made, the amount of stories that he must have. And it really felt, once we started talking about these, that he could have gone on for hours and hours and hours. And I look forward to seeing him again. It kind of sort of felt like the tip of the iceberg in some ways. If I could go anywhere, I'd go to... with the... Tall, up, with lots of... Uh, you look through and say hello to the, the down below and see all the, the, the twinkling red and white on the yellow moving. They get angry, you know, with beep, beep. I'm not angry, I'm yippee. And what is just so amazing about her is she just talks in this wonderfully descriptive way. I mean, there's not really any nouns to her vernacular and it, it's just so lovely to have a conversation with her because sometimes she can't find words, but firstly, it doesn't stress her. She just finds the description and you sort of know what she's talking about, but also it's sort of more rich for experiencing the description. <laughs> Welcome to the Betty Mucker Cooking School of the Air, an annual feature of a map to you live stories from the living broadcast for your internet portable online devices. Now, there's no group of people having such a hectic time as these young people scrolling the World Wide Web for recipes in preparation for Pancake Day. Do not fear, because of course, Betty Mucker has some recipes and cooking suggestions planned especially for young homemakers. So here she is. Hello, everybody. I know you want to make your friends and family proud with your cooking, and you will, when you can provide them with a really attractive meal. Today, I'm going to give you a recipe that every person ought to know how to provide for their friend. 
Of course, when you think of preparing a meal that will go straight to a person's heart, you think of steak. Five down, capital of Brazil. Capital of Brazil? Eight letters starting with B. Rio de Janeiro. So the person that is the voice of this character is somebody that has been present in our workshops for, what well, Laura just reminded me, for nearly five years. Oh, wow. Um, and I hadn't seen this person in real life, person to person, for quite some time, like since pre-pandemic. And when I saw her again, we just had this wonderful conversation. So the piece is pretty much verbatim. I just wanted to capture what she's always clung on to, which I just think is so beautiful, is this idea of dignity. I wanted to capture this piece and that theme because I think there's a lot of, stigma around dementia and one of the main things that comes up is this idea that you're losing your dignity because you've got dementia and I don't think that's true and I think our work really reflects that. Well if you have a hat or a wig at hand do grab it pop it on and enjoy some of the stories that came out of this workshop. I'm just trying to think of what she would be called thinking of that. Yes Lady Cranbourne and she'd have to have a funny Christian name too like Melissa Lady Melissa Cranbourne. She's got a lot of private money. You know what she likes to do with it? Spend it. What are you doing over here, then? I've come to talk to you. I'm going to talk to me? Yeah. Why? Because I reckon you have some really interesting stories. Stories? Yeah. What do you want to hear my stories for? Because we're making a podcast and I reckon you've got some really great stories. Look at him. He's gone all unnecessary, he has. Now you've come over... He doesn't know what to say. It's you I want to talk to. Me? Yeah. What do you want to know? Where would you go if you could go anywhere in the world? Anywhere in the world? Yeah. London. What time is it? Uh, 12.30. Not one o'clock? No, sorry, half an hour to go. I'm going to bash the keys off that piano. You what? I'm going to bash the keys off that piano at one o'clock. What are you going to play? All sorts. I'm okay with Sherry any time. Valentine's Day. Actually, ideally a gin and tonic, though. Or both. Yes. Anything, really, in the alcohol department. Oh, lovely. Is that for me? It's beautiful. All peachy with hardly any thorns. We are extremely privileged this week to have an extra special guest. One of our VIPs from the original A Map to You Plays. We first met Maria Lanzalaco and her mum Pauline in 2021 when we started our socially distant visits to families living with and caring for dementia. I was really taken aback by some of the things that she did talk about because Mm. I had no idea of certain things, you know, about the rabbits and the rabbit story (laughs) (laughs) and and just other things that she mentioned about her life in Sicily that I didn't know. I've been given this rabbit, a whole rabbit, fur and all, and I was going to cook it up for my husband's tea. So I put it in the fridge and got on with my day. And when I went to get it out later, it had moved. It was alive in the fridge, the poor thing. So it was really interesting to see and watch my mum in a a non-mum way. I was just like a spectator to her mm. story and it was like, wow. I did not know that. She was animated, wasn't she? Yeah, and that was really lovely to see. And that's where I see the real difference because it did. It brought her alive and I saw her in a way that I've never seen her before. I'm going to tell you something now. I'm not great at this because my memory's not all that. It was when I put something in the fryer, uh, some chips or something, 
And then, well, I'd forgotten and didn't think about it at all until I could smell the burning. You know that smell. It's strong and you know it's not good. And of course, it was all burnt. So then I realised that something wasn't quite right with me, so I went to the GP and he said, you're slow, or something of the sort. One of the first things I noticed about her was that she was wearing an orange lanyard that said, everyone has a story. I was there to listen to stories, and so I made a beeline for her. Welly-wanging? I've never heard of that before. What is welly-wanging? Well, it's where you throw a welly, I think, and see how far you can get it. Wellies? They'd be pretty difficult to throw, wouldn't they? Before we say goodbye to you, can you please do welly-wanging on repeat as a tongue twister? Go. Welly-wanging, 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 welly-wanging. Now, don't pay attention to the fit. I'm tall and handsome. But for your average man, this is just perfect. Yes, you two could strut the streets in this vintage silver, axle-shoulder, mid-20th century item. The ultimate luxury investment. And tell us about the manure in the boots. Oh, so the manure in the boots was something that came up in a previous workshop. And then during this workshop, that conversation came up again where I explained what I thought her original meaning was, which was <laughs> putting so much manure in your shoes that you are naturally taller. Which is, as she quite rightly says, very silly. We were all thinking along the same lines. And then it was quite funny when we all eventually learned that what she meant by that was, you know, <laughs> manure is used in fields and things to, uh, as a booster to help things grow. And that is what makes you taller. Oh, that's so lovely. It's, it's so lovely, isn't it? It's a much better definition. So your job was to preserve things and his was to value them. Yes. And his problem was he'd always see people's antiques and say things like, oh, of course, that's rubbish, it's not worth much. And it turns out it'll be worth about £250 or something. Well, that's brilliant for some people, but his taste was thousands. Expensive taste. I suppose he must have had an eye for things of great value and beauty. <laughs> well, of course. And actually, to preserve means to look after, really, doesn't it? And to, to take care of. Yes, it does. To preserve and to value. It's not a bad way of thinking about things, really, is it? I'm a rare emerald. And you'll have to wait for me. Or a rare Edvar Munch print that you would assume is a replica. But that's what I want you to think. The real me is standing grand in a gorgeous country house looking out at the view. I can see for miles and miles, but you don't know I'm here. You want to know if I'm genuine or not. Let me just put it this way. If there was a fire, you'd not want to let one bit of me burn. If you're stuck for what to do today, I've got just the thing for you. It won't take long and you won't regret it. I promise that is true. A walk, a talk, watching some sport, or just a cup of tea to hear some stories of a life well lived would suit me wonderfully. Share a laugh, make a friend, or offer some advice. A trip to the shops to get more biscuits sounds like it might be nice. All we ask is a bit of time, if it's a possibility. A great way to be great people who could do with some company. If you'd like to give it a go, and this sounds up your street, send us a quick message and we'll find you someone to meet. It's a no-brainer, a win-win. We've got no other agenda. So search for Linkage Southwark to become a valued befriender. 
Well, there we are, looking back on all seven episodes and all of the stories that were written. I must see if I can remember to thank everybody that has involved. Here we go. Vicky Gaskin, Stuart Turner, Matthew Seeger, Jessica Alade, Daryl Bailey, Helen Evans, Kate Duchenne, Robert Hickson, Thomas Judd, Shardia King. Have I remembered everybody? Thank you all so much to all of the talent that made this all possible. Thank you so much to all the participants at Linkage Southwark and the Daffodil Cafe run by the Alzheimer's Society and all of the volunteers and support workers and dementia coordinators. You know who you are. Thank you so much for letting us do this podcast and share these stories. If you can hear the jingling of a bell, that is my cat. She is called Tiger. She has been wanting to get into the studio throughout the whole podcast and I just left the door open and it's happened and she is now with us. So as it's the last episode, why not? Now, I did write one last piece. This was written in response to going and reading the stories to the Linkage Southwark group. And before we started, there was a certain drink that everybody wanted a cup of. This is called tea and it's written and performed by me. My friend leaves the tea bag in her cup and she only has a tiny little cup. She likes it really strong. It could be too strong sometimes, can't it? I, th I think my friend's gone too far. My mother would also leave the bag in, let, let it sit there and stew so it would get all those floaty bits on top. The scum, you know, on, on the top. Mm. Yes, it's funny, isn't it, how people are very individual about their cups of tea. And we always ask how they would like it. But we don't ask how long they'd like their vegetables cooked for. Or do we? Actually, come to think of it, I would like somebody to ask me if they're one of those people that makes broccoli go brown. But they definitely ask me if I want my tea milky or sweet. You go to places in Europe and they're horrified to see we put milk in tea. Yet we're known for our tea. Yep, they think we ruin it. I enjoy tea. With milk. I'm a bit French as well. In France, tea with milk does not taste the same. Mind you, lemon tea is also nice. Of an evening, I wouldn't have milk in my tea. If I drink tea throughout the day, I'd probably have lemon tea. It's good for you, or better for you. Doesn't it make your teeth go brown? You can get tea with messages on it too. Not rude messages, more like spiritual guidance. I mean, it doesn't say things like get on with your day, you lazy ass. It's more like... um. A friend is a single soul dwelling in two bodies. Or something like that. I think you're supposed to think about it and, and do yoga while you drink the tea. Mint tea, green tea, chai tea, cinnamon flavours. In India, there are huge vats of tea, chai wallas. And in Morocco, the mint tea that they pour from this beautiful teapot at a great height. Full of sugar, though, but lovely. They say it's not good for you. But that's questionable if it makes you happy. Like butter. There's theatre to the tea. I think the air gets in to cool it. It's quite a thing to go out for tea, isn't it? Out and about or to somebody's house. Having little cups and, and china and, and there's an art form. It is interesting, really. All the customs. Tea is a very social thing. Ah, oh, right. Better look at these quiz questions. 
Oh, yes. Black coffee, please. No sugar. That was tea written in response to the Linkage Southwark group and how they were settling down to sit and listen to the stories that we've written for them. Tea is really, really important in the work that we do. It really does relax people. It's, it's almost like talking about the weather. It's a starting point. And it's always a good way to get somebody to come and meet up with you, have a cup of tea. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. I hope that you have enjoyed this series of the podcast and I hope now you'll enjoy a cup of tea. We'll be back at the end of our research and development project with an episode from our work in Suffolk at the Seagull Theatre. We can't wait to share those stories with you. Until then, follow us on social media. We're at The Dot Collective on Instagram and Facebook and at Dot Collective on Twitter. Our website is www.thedotcollective.com. And please do get in touch and let us know what your favourite moments of the podcast were, what favourite stories, what discussions, what was of interest and what else you'd like to hear us discuss on our next series. We are currently looking to get more funding to continue the podcast and continue our work with the dementia peer groups in Southwark. If you would like to support the Doc Collective, you can share this podcast. That's a huge help. And if you'd like to make a donation, all of the information is in the show notes and on the website www.thedotcollective.com. It only remains for me to say the biggest thanks to the wonderful trust that is the City Bridge Trust who have allowed us to make this podcast happen and supported us over the last two years. The funding has come to an end, but we have so much to show for it. So <laughs> thank you, City Bridge Trust. Until next time. Bye.